everybody, and welcome to the 51st episode of the Views from the John podcast and our birthday. Happy birthday, dear Reality Drip. Happy yes, birthday. happy birthday. I'm John Arez. This is Jay Paul, a.k.a. J-Pal. Sure. J-Pal, a.k.a. Josh. Hello, and, everybody. How's it going? And I'm John Arez, your host, and this is the Views from the John podcast, the 51st episode in the one year anniversary that's why we're wearing these silly fucking hats and we got uh some streaming blowers around uh somewhere that don't blow yeah we're making asses of ourselves already all right ready for a little uh happy birthday on the guitar sure all right let's see Happy birthday, dear reality trip. Happy birthday to you, me. Happy birthday, reality trip, one year old. Yeah! All right. <laughs> now that we're done with that fucking nonsense, let's see if I can put my guitar away. All right. Welcome. It's exciting, isn't it? It's awesome, John. Yay! Congratulations. Yay! All right. Let me pull up the... Uh... So, yeah. Welcome to the one-year anniversary show, episode 51. I've already introduced my co-host, Jay Pal. Jay Pal. Jay Pal. Jay Pal is what he likes to go by. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. It's a work in progress. We got a great show lined up for you today, man. Great show. Just like Steve Harvey says, we got a great one lined up for you today. I would run down the list of what we're going to talk about, but it might ruin the surprise. But stay with me. Trust me. Don't turn it off after two minutes, right? Everyone does that. Uh, But anyways, we got a great fucking show lined up for you today, and we are going to uh, dive right in. But before I do, don't think I haven't noticed, because this is my business. This is my livelihood. Our viewership numbers on YouTube, our subscribers, and our streamers are going like this. Yes. I mean, I'm talking uh, episode, this is episode 51, so episode 48, 49, and 50 have been our top streaming episodes. I'm talking to the tunes of thousands upon thousands of unique streams across all the platforms. Awesome, that's great. So, um, thank you. I don't know who you are, I don't know why you like me, but I appreciate it, Um, and I love you. I cannot tell you uh, how appreciative uh, I am of anybody and everybody out there that's been watching this, and uh, please continue to support if you could if you're watching this on youtube if you could be so kind as to hit the like button that would help out tremendously the more likes we get the more chances that uh you know other people are gonna come across this that haven't seen it and if you could subscribe that's awesome and even better if you could share the video with somebody that you might think could like it that would be fantastic too all right thanks everyone We ended off last week's podcast talking about a funny trip that Josh and I took last November (laughs) to Boston to meet and see Bill Burr. And uh, that was a crazy fucking night. (laughs) That is the topic that we left off with last week. And I got a ton of people writing in saying, I want to hear more about that. So here we go. Uh, just a quick reminder that uh, J- uh, Josh and I, J-Pal and I, we don't have a pre-production meeting. Everything is just off the, uh, 
what do they call it? On the fly. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. We didn't rehearse nothing here. No. We're just going to our memory banks. So um, I'm trying to think. There were so many fucked up things that happened that night. I don't know which to start with. Uh, how would you start off, Josh? Um, hmm. Do we get to the part where, uh, I don't know, was there anything exciting that happened up to the point where we got stuck in the tunnel and I had to do something? Um, no, just the whole trip down the, the Mass Pike was uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we stopped a couple places because uh, you had to go to the bathroom, the little boy's room. Yes. Uh, I've explained to you people before, I have a weak <laughs> bladder. Very weak. And uh, as I get older, I think uh, everyone's bladder starts to get a little bit weaker. Not only that, last year about this time, I was drinking like 20 cups of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. What happens when you drink beer or coffee? You got to pee a lot. Yeah. Now that's on top of me already having to pee a lot. So yes, I had to stop a couple times on the way out to Boston, even though we live in the Boston area, not too far to drive. Tiny, tiny bladder. Tiny, 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 tiny bladder. Now, um, after I had relieved myself on the Mass Pike, we then proceeded to get stuck right in the middle of downtown Boston. We stopped at every, every. Pretty much every rest stop on the Mass Pike. (laughs) And then once we got into the center of Boston, downtown Boston. Yeah, the Prude Tunnel. The what tunnel? The the Prudential Tunnel. We were in the Prudential Tunnel in Boston, and it was literally bumper-to-bumper traffic, stop and go. Like, stop two miles an hour, stop two miles an hour. This is pre-COVID, so there's tons. Pre-COVID, tons and tons and tons of people. Literally, like, five lanes of traffic, (laughs) bumper-to-bumper. People can see me, I can see them, and I have to pee worse than you could ever possibly yeah. imagine. There was no holding it. Yeah. Okay. You're, and you're complaining a lot. Yeah. And I was. You're grumpy. I wasn't grumpy. <laughs> I was just on my way to meet my fucking comedy hero, <laughs> which is Bill Burr. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I was on the way to see him for the first time, meet him for the first time. And uh, yeah, I was a little fucking, you little, know. A little time sensitive. I was, yeah, I wanted to get there early and, uh, you know, just everything fucking fell apart on the way there. But we'll get into that. Anyways, the first crazy (laughs) thing that happened besides all the stopping I did and how uptight I was about getting into Boston on Mm -hmm. time and all that other shit. Um, So anyways, we're sitting in the tunnel and it's, uh, I have to pee super fucking bad. Mm -hmm. And there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to stop. There's nowhere to pull over. I have nowhere to go. (laughs) I literally could not hold it. I was gonna piss myself. So what do you do? What do you do when you're in a tunnel in a car with traffic all around you, there's nowhere to stop, there's no bathroom, there's nowhere, where the fuck am I gonna go? I had to go in the driver's seat. (laughs) Now, uh, as it so happened, uh, I didn't have anything in the car to piss in except for uh, a little paper cup. Yeah, I stopped and got a coffee. We stopped. One of the times that we stopped to piss, yes. Josh got a coffee. Yeah. And it wasn't like one of these big, it was like a little styrofoam cup. It didn't even have a top on it. <laughs> and all the while I'm driving, we're in bumper to bumper stop and go traffic in the middle of Boston. There's trucks on either side of me and I have to drive and piss at the same time. Uh, well, this guy's no help. 
He's fucking in the corner, about as far away from yeah. me as he can, laughing hysterically, as I literally have this paper cup, and I have a, 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 a manual transmission. Yep. So Stick shift for all them younger viewers out there. Right, it's a stick shift. I have to operate three pedals, I have to steer in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, and somehow piss without pissing on myself. <laughs> so I get a little fucking paper cup from this dude that had its coffee in it. And uh, I had to take the dingling out through the fucking uh, pee hole, undo my seatbelt. I had to get way up on the seat so I could actually aim down. And this guy's in the fucking passenger seat just losing his mind. <laughs> like, bro, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Just, I don't want the overspray. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry, dude. I'm like, get out and stand on the side of the highway then. Yeah. I got to piss. I can't get out and just I don't know. Maybe I could. I think if I was drunk. Yeah, definitely. Which I was on the drive home. Uh, or All right. Anyways, but yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I had to piss into a paper fucking cup with no lid that was about 12 inches tall while I'm in traffic trying to drive a standard. Yeah, in and the middle I'm, of a tunnel. And I'm literally staring with my fucking legs. I keep going <laughs> in and out of the lane. And this dude is sitting next to me, literally doing nothing to help. Yeah. He's not shifting. He's not offering to steer. Nothing. He's just as far away as me as he can while he it, fucking laughs like a hyena. Dude, it smells so horrible. My peated? I don't know what you drank. It smelled like you stuck your head in like a keg of like paint thinner. That was horrible. Really? Yeah, I don't know what you drank. You didn't mention this to me that night. Oh, I was gagging. Ugh. Man, maybe I had some... Uh... And then you stuck it in the cup holder. That was... <laughs> maybe I had some asparagus. I don't know, but yeah. That was just so nasty. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? I... Uh. Didn't I dump it out the window, or did I put a full cup of piss I, in the cup? No, nah, you, you, you brought it with us. All, Jesus. All the way to the place, man. All right, so if you guys can imagine that, just trying to piss into a cup while you got a fucking male friend of yours sitting in the passenger seat, that is extremely homophobic, you know? I'm not homophobic. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. You were, you were having a tough time. All right, so anyways, um, so that's that. So that was the uh, that was while we were stuck in a tunnel. Then, yep. we, then we finally made it over the Tobin Bridge. Tobin Bridge into Saugus. Route one, and we uh, pulled into Giggles. Giggles is a comedy club that Shout is out extremely to tough to get into. Uh, not even comics I know that have ten years or fifteen years of experience can can get into that club as a performer. Um, let me back up here, because people might wonder, how the fuck did I see Bill Burr? Um, let me back up here. Of course, I'm a big Bill Burr fan. Don't hit your mic, man. Sorry. You fucking amateur. <laughs> I'm a big Bill Burr fan, and uh, I listen to his podcast. It's on twice a week, and uh, Bill said, hey, I'm going to be out in Massachusetts, back home where he's from, uh, next week, because he was in town to do the... Um, Cam Neely benefit. Yes. Hilarity for charity or comics uh, come home. Yep. Happens at the Boston Garden every year. So Bill was in town that week. And no matter where Bill is, Bill's trying to get up every night like I try to do. So uh, he basically jumped on to a show at uh, Giggles. And uh, I'm trying to remember who the headliners were. Lenny Clark. Lenny Clark, yeah. Uh, Lenny Clark, who's a Boston fucking staple. Uh, it, 
God damn. Lenny Clark. Who's the guy with the beard? Elizabeth Hurley. Or Elizabeth Hurley's a supermodel. Uh, God, I'm so bad, man. I'm a Boston comic, too, and I can't remember her name. Uh, Hurley. Something Hurley. Um, and then uh, Stephen Wright yep. made a guest spot. He was not on the bill, and as did Bill Burr. So uh, Bill Burr and Stephen Wright walked right in. And I'm fuck. me and this guy are five feet from these guys, right? Bill walks into the green room or whatever. Um, but let me back up. Let me, <laughs> let me back up. I'm getting way fucking heavy. Um, Bill, on his podcast on that Monday, said that he was going to be doing a surprise spot somewhere in the Boston area that Monday night. And uh, because I'm a Boston area comic, I got connections. So mm -hmm. I immediately called up my connections found out where he was going to be, used another one of my connections to get me in the door because the show was already sold out. Yeah. I felt like uh, uh, in that movie Goodfellas, uh, you know, where he's dating his new girl and he walks into the place and they, they put out a table for him and everything. Yeah, that's what they pretty much did for us. Um, so anyways, I got into this place for free with him, sold out to see Bill Burr in a super small club, because Bill Burr does like Madison fucking Square Garden, yeah, it's right? it's like a hundred people max. Right, so here we are, nobody in the club except for the owner, the manager, me, Josh, and a couple other people even know that Bill Burr is going to be there tonight. Nobody knew except for us, mm. so I'm all fucking giddy. And uh, so anyways, that's how I got in. I used my connections, and I also listened to Bill Burr's podcast and made a bunch of phone calls, and that's how I got to see him at a show that he wasn't even, uh, you know, uh, advertised on. Right. So, uh, so that's how I did that. So on our drive out to Boston, it was chaotic. I was in one of those uptight moods because it meant so much to me that we get there on time and the traffic's pissing me off and I'm all <laughs> fucking uptight and yeah. this guy is exact, exact opposite. He, you know, he's getting uptight because I'm uptight. You know, yeah. it, it was just a fucking mess. I dude. feed off people. And uh, so then the piss shit happened. And then <laughs> um, after we got into Saugus, I believe my navigation system or something told me to turn or you told me to turn and i think, I, and I think I, your navigation wanted you to go somewhere else but I, I know the area pretty well and i wanted you to go the next further up right right and right. you followed that the navi and it was the wrong way yeah uh i don't know uh navigation systems suck i think it was supposed to be on the left hand side of the road which it was but yeah. it wasn't one of those roads that you could just turn you had to go further up and do a yui yeah so anyways i'm all fucking you know <laughs> i'm all fucking uh, what's it called all revved up and shit jacked and, up and we're late and i've had all this crazy shit happen to me and the navigation system's telling me to go up and fucking he's telling me to go down and i th <laughs> and then i think i snapped at you oh yeah a little bit. You, you snapped and uh, just back up the mic a little bit. Sorry. Um, I'm an amateur. I don't have a producer. We're recording this into one track. So if I'm too loud, if he's too loud, then you suffer the consequences. So I'm just trying to get him to back up the mic. See, except with him back here, it's fucking all uh, quiet. Then when I get closer, it gets louder. So anyways... I kind of snapped at this guy, and I shouldn't have, because he is literally the most easygoing, happy-go-lucky <laughs> dude in the world, zero stress. I'm the one that's stressed out, because I'm meeting my idol tonight, right? So I snap at him, and then he snaps back at me, and this dude never snaps back no, at me, no. so I felt no. wicked fucking awkward. Then we got into the parking lot, 
And uh, of course, he can just get out of the car. And I think I got out of the car and had to do a bunch of fucking makeup or whatever the fuck I did. I don't know what the fuck we were doing. Then we get into the club. But you had to, you had to get empty your cup, though. Yeah, so. I, I think I had to empty my cup. <laughs> but I still had a coffee. You did? I had a coffee. And the second we get into the club, I proceed to spill the coffee all over my brand new white fucking Adidas sneakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now I have one white shoe. And that was the tip of the iceberg. I got one white fucking chuck on, and the other one is coffee stained. <laughs> so I'm just a disheveled fucking mess. Now I'm in the bathroom scrubbing my fucking shoes off, and it's just, I, I'm so fucking frustrated, <laughs> dude. So then I finally come out of the bathroom, and we walk into the club, and... Uh, we were like the only people there. We were like the first people. We were like the first people there. And um, I got introduced to Sharon. Sharon runs the club. She's not the owner, but she is the club manager. She books the talent. Mm -hmm. Sharon is the one that got Josh and I a table. She's very high up in the Boston community, uh, comedy community, very well respected. It was because of her. Awesome lady. It was because of her we got a table for free right up front to see Bert. Now here's where it gets even better. <laughs> so we sit down at a table. A waiter comes over and he's like, "You guys want something to drink and eat?" And we're like, "Yeah." So uh, I think you and I ordered. We each ordered a pizza, uh, personal yep. a personal size pizza, and uh, I don't know if I had started drinking by then yet. But anyways, the pizzas eventually come out. Awesome pizzas, really good. The pizzas come out, and uh, this guy didn't feel as though he had enough napkins. <laughs> so rather than getting up or waiting for our server to come over, this dude yells across the fucking nightclub, <laughs> Hey, Sharon! Can you pick me up some fucking napkins? I, I didn't say that. Okay, he didn't swear. But this guy is literally yelling across the club to the fucking club manager to grab his ass some fucking napkins. And I'm like, oh my God, dude. You know the strings I had to pull to get this fucking table at this club? Oh, she was happy. She was and this, smiling. It's like, dude, have some class. I can't bring you anywhere. But yeah, him fucking yelling across the club at the club manager for napkins. I'm like, oh my God, dude. So it was just one thing after another. So let's fast forward. So uh, we eat and uh, I got to calm my nerves, right? So I start drinking. I'm not a big drinker, but when I do drink, I like to drink uh, bourbon on the rocks. So I started drinking bourbon on the rocks and the more bourbons that went down, the looser I started to feel. And as the night went on and the comic started to go up, um, at one point, um, when Stephen Wright did his set, Bill Burr came out of the green room, which was literally from me to about Josh, six feet, and he sat right there. And you gotta remember, a year ago, I had never met Burr. Burr, Burr to me was like a fucking crazy lady meeting Brad Pitt, like mm -hmm. fucking, like the biggest celebrity I could fucking meet. And, and I finally see him. I'm, I'm in the same room as Burr. He's sitting right fucking there watching Stephen Wright set. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm not even paying attention to Stephen Wright. I'm just staring at Burr to see what Burr's doing. And he's just sitting there chilling, looking at the audience to see how the audience is and shit. So that was exciting. And then uh, Burr went up, crushed it. 
he got off stage and then I went outside to not smoke a cigarette, but to have a vape, right? Because I vape, I quit smoking two years ago. You know that shit? Good job. It's been two years since I had a cigarette and they want to deify the vaping, even though my doctor and Dr. Drew says there ain't nothing wrong with it, despite all the fucking anti-vaping propaganda that's out there. That's back when they banned, uh, they were uh, banning vapes because everybody was dying and stuff like that last year, around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is something that, uh, yeah, we were going to talk about later because it's the one-year anniversary of that. That's something I talked about a year ago mm -hmm. on my podcast. Anyways, um, so I go outside for a smoke, okay? And who do I see outside but uh, a gentleman by the name of Wayne Previty. Wayne Previty grew up with Bill in the Boston comedy scene. And uh, he was living out there with Bill, not in the same house, but they were both from L.A. So Bill brought uh, Wayne with him to MC the show. And um, I ended up talking to Wayne in that parking lot for a half an hour. He was the coolest fucking guy I had ever met. Uh, one, of, one of Bill Burr's best friends. We exchanged phone numbers. We exchanged Facebook uh, information. And when I got home that night, I hit him up on a DM through Facebook. And we talked ever since then. And uh, the guy had really been helping me with my comedy career. Uh, he, really, he really broke down you know, what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong, and gave me some of the best advice I've ever got. And I met this dude through Bill. Pardon me, my nose is running. Uh, but anyways, uh, Wayne passed away a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bill, Bill couldn't make it out back out here because of uh, the pandemic and stuff. But uh, that was a bummer. Uh, what else happened that night? Uh, okay, so when the show finally ends, I've had uh, a few cocktails. <laughs> Haven't I? Yeah, I wasn't really counting, but it was definitely more than uh, yeah. one. I had a few cocktails, <laughs> and I was uh, feeling no pain. <laughs> now, uh, the gentleman over here, Josh, he happens to uh, have not... He didn't drink. No, I'm not a big drinker. So it would just make logical sense to me that if I'm intoxicated, he should drive home. <laughs> but as it turns out, what did you notice that I didn't, which was your ultimate factor in why you didn't want to drive home? You had a, a naughty bad inspection sticker on there. Yes. It was like six months old. I had a six-month overdue <laughs> inspection sticker on my car. So had we been pulled over, arrested, click, click. he would have lost his fucking CDL license. Yeah. So I had to drive home. I was definitely over the limit, but I wasn't shit-faced. I think I drove pretty well. You did great. Um, but yeah, so, so much shit happened that night. And, it's, and it just goes to show that when you're uptight and you're nervous and you're all this shit, Pretty much everything that happened that night was a result of just me just being, you know, rather than just being like, ah, fuck, whatever, yeah. you, know? you know, which is kind of how I am now, just, you know. But anyways. Uh, Gotta be chill, folks. Yeah. Uh, so we drove home. I was intoxicated. Uh, we didn't talk much. I think Josh was a little, I don't know. Yeah, I was, you kind of set the mood for the night for yeah. me. I was in a, kind of a little funk, but. You know, yeah, we put on some good tunes and 
You yeah, know. we put on some uh, Deftones, I believe. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that no. I hadn't heard before. Um, so, yeah, it was a nice drive home. But it, it, it was it was a fucking crazy <laughs> night, dude. I don't know if any of that translated. Uh, but if you could have been there, it was just from him yelling at Sharon across the club for napkins <laughs> to me having to piss in a cup yeah. in traffic while I'm driving and then having to put it in the cup holder. We sat, we sat next to a nice couple, too. I forgot their names. But. Yes. Oh, my God. That reminds me. We sat next to a great <laughs> couple that was, that was from the Boston area as yeah. well. And um, I actually hooked them up. I hooked their kids up yes. with um, all-access media passes to um, the big show at the Boston Garden the next night. Yeah, the Cam uh, Neely Show. The Cam Neely Show. The Cam Neely Benefit. Yeah. Um, because I have a production company, I can get media passes to go to pretty much any media event, and it was no problem me getting media passes to that event. But I wasn't going to go. Um, I should have probably stayed in Boston and went the next day, but I didn't, so I gave my passes to that family, and uh, I think they went and had a blast. I can't remember. But, you know, I tried to... Uh, I don't know. I think they paid for half our drinks. They were super. Yeah, they were super nice. They were super nice, and it's yeah. like I got free media passes to go see, you know, huge comics at Boston Garden. I can't use them, so why not give them to people that could? And they went and they had a blast. So, you know, that's just it, man. You know, if you got some extra money, some extra tickets, throw them to somebody. Make their day. Yeah. Right. Yep. So that was our trip into Boston to see Bill fucking Burr. All right, Josh. What's up? Here's our next topic, and this is fucking great. We're going, huh? This is great. Um, remote learning. Okay. Evidently, uh, you know, because of COVID, yep. especially in Massachusetts and Connecticut and I think California, all the kids are back to school. A lot of states. But they're doing it all from home. So every single kid that's in your science class, math class, whatever, they're all doing it at home through a Zoom meeting. <laughs> and that kind of opens up a can of worms. So here's what's been happening. Kids have been acting up. Yeah. in class <laughs> on camera because now they're sitting in front of their laptop there's no classroom anymore at home right so every kid is at home on their fucking computer and i guess uh kids are taking their dinglings out on camera <laughs> they're giving the uh you know the teacher the middle finger yeah. it's like fucking chaos dude yeah. and it's like how hilarious is that like <laughs> if you were in a classroom in a school the teacher can send you to the principal's office. Oh, yeah. They can tell little Johnny to shut up. But when you're doing this all remotely, these kids are just out of fucking control. And what are you supposed to do? Like, okay, let's say you're a teacher. Go to the principal's office. There is no principal's <laughs> office. So let's say you're a teacher and you're teaching 30 kids through a Zoom meeting, like looking at a camera like we are right now. Yeah. And you got kids acted up in the classroom or on camera. What do you do? Oh. You send them home? Is there like a mute button? It, but I think there probably is. But, I mean, that doesn't even matter. Yeah. There's no principal's office for them to go to. Yeah, no punishment. There's no punishment. There's no detention. What are you going to do? Say, uh, we're going to kick you off the stream now. Oh, great. I can go play my PS fucking 10. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. Um, I feel bad for kids that don't have or have the experience of being in school. 
Because being in school with your friends and hanging out after school and shit, it's fun. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you're, you kids out there are living a pretty unique experience, uh, living through a pandemic that we haven't experienced in a hundred something years. So uh, remember these moments and have fun because uh, I was the class clown. I used to wear one of these in uh, school, sitting in the corner, and uh, I would be goofing off like a motherfucker on camera. I'd be spitting spitballs at you. Yeah, spitballs at the fucking screen. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's hard. Kids acting up in class, they can't be dealt with. Um, which is a good, good segue into just how bad I was when I was in school. I've talked about this before on the show, but, um, you know, my parents were really, really disappointed in me. I mean, really, because I was a terrible, terrible uh, kid, behaved. I did, I did decently in school. I was like a B average or whatever, mm -hmm. but I was just a nightmare to teachers. And my parents couldn't understand it because my parents were very uh, like religious and strict and they raised three good boys and they couldn't understand why this boy couldn't just keep his mouth shut in class. So, <laughs> so they were sending me to like psychiatrists and psychologists trying to figure out why I'm acting up. And I kept explaining to them, and I still do to my father to this day. I was like, there was nothing wrong with me. Do you know what it was? What's that? It's fucking attention. <laughs> I like making people laugh. And as long as I got the laugh, whether I was bullying or making fun of or making fun of myself or the teacher or whatever, I was getting laughs. And that's why I was doing it. It was for the attention. It was for the laughter. Yeah. And um, as I got older and got into my senior year, I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to do that shit anymore. I had a girlfriend, I was popular. I didn't need to make people laugh. I didn't need that attention. So I really stopped that shit. Mm -hmm. So my freshman year, my science teacher calls my parents and says, I'm the worst behaved kid he's ever had in 28 years, Oof. which just destroyed my fucking mother. Just destroyed her. The fuck was that? You got ghosts? What is that? What is that? I don't know. Sounds like somebody's having fun, though. It sounds like somebody's having sex. <laughs> what is that? I'm either hearing my downstairs neighbors fuck, or there's a kid outside and I forgot to close the window. Bear with me for a second, because we can hear that crystal clear through our microphones. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Um... Remind me where the fuck I was before we started hearing people um, fuck. <laughs> you're, you got a call to your mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're student in 28 years. Yes. So freshman year of high school, my science teacher, Mr. Hurl Butt. Sweet. Real last name, Hurl Butt. Awesome. Uh, he called my parents and said I was the worst behaved kid he'd had in 28 years, which broke my parents' heart. Senior year, I had him for science again. He calls my parents. Hurlbutt. Hurlbutt. And he says to my parents this time, I'm the most well-behaved, most improved student he's now seen in 32 years of teaching. Wow. So that just goes to show. Uh, if kids are acting out, it might not be because they're mentally retarded. It might not be because of anything other than just seeking attention and wanting to make people laugh. I was a goofball. Still am but I don't need to seek it as hardcore as I did, right? 
But that was just it. But one of the things I would do to the teachers, and I did a lot, is I had a classic line. They would explain something, and no matter how easy it was to understand or no matter how difficult it was to understand. I mean, the teacher could say, John, one plus one is two. And then they'll look at the whole class, and the whole class nods, everything. I raise my hand. Teacher calls on me. My go-to line, I don't get it. <laughs> even though I did I would always say I don't get it even if it was something stupid they're like okay this, can anybody tell us where Cape Town is and somebody would be like yes Cape Town's in South Africa and then I would raise my hand and they'd be like yes John I'd be like I don't get it <laughs> and they're like well, what exactly don't you get I don't know I just don't get it <laughs> But that was my go-to line, man. It really was. <laughs> Here's another one that ties into it. The very first day of high school, me and my buddy Brian, we were, we were literally terrorists together. He was just like me. He loved to make people laugh. He would go out of his way to do it. Didn't matter whose expense it came at. So when you put us together, we were, we were fucking awful. We were on the same bus together. And this is the first day of high school, the very first day we got kicked off the bus. Wow. And not only, okay. It's like a badge of honor. Yeah. We got kicked off the bus because there was a classmate of ours that for some reason was wearing a wig. And this is back in the mid-90s when wigs didn't look like real hair. <laughs> it looked like a wig. Was it a boy? It was a girl. Okay. And um, it wasn't like black hair either or blonde hair. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, like a salt and pepper hair, like she was 50. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't know. We were kids, dude. Yeah. We didn't know. Our mind didn't go to, oh, my God, she could have cancer or, oh, my God, she could have a disease. Right. All we saw was this terrible-looking wig yeah. on this girl. But we didn't make fun of her directly at all. But we did talk about her in the back of the bus. But I think she was so sensitive about it. She really thought that we were, but we didn't say anything to her. Yeah. But anyways, that was enough to get us kicked off the bus. And inside of not the vice principal's office that handled punishment, but the actual fucking uh, principal. The big dog. That night, around 7 o'clock at night, our house phone rings. Back this time, there was no cell phones. There was no caller ID. When you went to call somebody, you had to look up somebody's name and number in a phone book. Yeah. So the phone rings about 7 o'clock at night. My father answers it, and there's a gentleman on the other line. It turns out to be this lady's father. Oof. And here's the fucking punchline, dude. Guess what he calls my father? What's that? He calls my father exactly what's written in the phone book, not <laughs> understanding that sometimes names are too long, so they have to abbreviate them. Yeah. So <laughs> my father's full first name is James. Yeah. Okay. But they couldn't fit James Ares in the phone book, so they had to put J-A-S. Most people understand that J-A-S is short for James. Yep. Not this guy. Jazz. CS. So when he fucking calls my father up, he's like, yeah, this is Mr. So-and-so. Is Joss there? And my dad's like, 
Who? Yeah, I'm looking for Joss Eras. Jass Eras. He's like, I'm Mr. Eras. Who is this? He's like, oh, I'm Mr. Willard or whatever. Is this Joss? Jass? He's like, my name is Jim, sir. It's James. He's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but I think about that to this day. And even my buddies will still, you know, 30 years after it happened, will just, you know, text me out of the blue and just be like, is Joss there? <laughs> it was, it, you know? <sighs> but yeah, I was a bad kid, man. Um, Evil. What I was going to do next is do a little bit of a year in review. This is the 51st podcast. Um, so yeah, I've done 50 of these things going back a year. So I kind of went back to the very first podcast and went up to maybe episode 30 or 40. Yep. And I just kind of picked out a little bit of tidbits that I wanted to revisit. Okay? Gotcha. Um, the first thing is, is actually a bit for the stage that I've never done on camera. And it's a real story. I told people when I started this podcast that I would never do stand-up on the podcast because that's giving away my material. I'd like people to come see me in person. That's why when you watch Joe Rogan, Burt Kreischer, Bill Burr, Chris Disfano, doesn't make a difference, Theo Vaughn, they don't do stand-up on their podcast. They just talk about shit we're talking about now. Yeah. But I'm going to do a bit because this is a real bit. And from what I've learned from more experienced comedians, the two mistakes I was making was I was trying to be funny, I was thinking way too hard, and I was trying to write jokes. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You just got to go up there, relax, and talk, and riff, like I'm doing right now, you know? Um, and that's something I still got to work out. <laughs> Anyways, so my mother passed away recently. She passed away uh, December 5th. And uh, since she passed away, my father and I have kind of become closer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're a lot more open with each other. And I remember in a few weeks after that my mother had passed, I was sitting in my parents' house having a conversation with my father. And for some reason, the conversation turned to the fact that I take pterodactyl-sized shits. <laughs> I'm not joking you, dude. I have one of the healthiest large intestines or colon on the planet. Awesome. And when I'm talking, it's pterodactyl size. I mean, like horse shit or an elephant. Elephant. I mean, my shit, when it comes out, dude, has got to be that thick and about four feet fucking long. Wow. It's either that or it's like, um, have you ever gone to the beach and taken that wet sand and you keep pouring it on each other so it just keeps stacking up and stacking up? Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm done, it's like there's a fucking uh, like island sticking out of the toilet now, like a fucking volcano. Nice. I mean, I shit my brains out. Now, here's a huge problem. What's that? It doesn't flush. Oh. My shit does not fucking flush. You need a better toilet. I would say, I mean, I literally take a healthy dump once a day. So that's seven days in a week. I would say five out of the seven days a week, the toilet does not flush. I have to then plunge it. And if you go in my bathroom right now, dude, okay, you're going to literally see three different plungers depending on the severity of the fucking clog. Three different plungers depending on how bad the job is. So I'm explaining all this to my father, and he's like, wait a minute. 
I haven't taught you my technique. <laughs> and I said, technique? He's like, yeah. You got the same bloodline as I do. I take fucking monster-sized shits too. But I don't clog my toilet. And I said, oh, geez, Dad. Tell me about, tell me about your, your ingenious idea, how you don't actually clog the toilet. It's a family secret. And he reveals the family secret to me. <laughs> and I've yet to try this because it's fucking disgusting and it's weird, but that's why I love my father. So he says, John, the way that I keep from clogging the toilet is like, you have to imagine your shit as being like a six, no, let's, let's call it a three foot long kielbasa, right? Yeah. If you stick a three-foot-long kielbasa in a toilet, do you think it's going to flush? No. No. So what he does is he's like, you've got to picture your asshole. I'm never eating a kielbasa. <laughs> he, he's like, you've got to picture your asshole like it's a uh, sausage maker. So he's like, as he feels one long three-foot shit coming out, He'll, he'll, he'll tighten up his ass cheeks and he'll pinch it off into pieces. Ugh. So now he's got, instead of having one three foot long sausage, he's got six, six inch long sausages because he's pinching it off in fucking pieces, dude, <laughs> as it's coming out. He's like, John, you gotta get your asshole muscles stronger and pinch it up into pieces. And when you do that, you end up having six, six inch long sausages and those can flush easier. So that's my father's technique. He fucking pinches it off in pieces. And then he tells me, if you can't do that, I got another one for you. <laughs> and I said, whoa, okay, what's next? So he says, in case you can't get your anus muscles strong enough to pinch it up in pieces, you gotta go and get a spatula out of the kitchen. Ugh. Yeah. I love spatulas. So do I. All right. Obviously you don't, okay. He's like, you take a spatula that you're never gonna use again to flip a fucking grilled cheese, uh. and you take it in the bathroom. And you basically take that plunger into the bowl and you fucking stab it, right? So you're basically like stirring up a witch's brew. You're like taking, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're taking all that hard shit and you're just mixing it up now so it turns into like a milkshake. And then he rinses it off and he sticks it underneath the fucking sink and now the shit can flush. Do you think I've taken his advice? Um, I wouldn't. No. I continue to clog the toilet and I just deal with uh, the plunger. You know, there's a basic plunger that I got the uh, sport model. And then there's the, oh, fuck model, you know? <laughs> but see, we all struggle. We all struggle. You should go see a doctor for that. The doctor loves it. He loves it? Every time I fucking see my doctor, I'm like, doctor, I'm taking the best shits ever. They're huge and thick and long. He's like, dude, that's fantastic. You rock. Seriously. Like, if you're shitting five times a day and it's, like, all watery. Yeah. Or, like, if you're shitting out, like, rocks or pebbles that sink to the toilet, or if your shit floats, it means your diet's fucked up. So, evidently, uh... I'm screwed. I'm doing something right. Because <laughs> I don't shit out rocks. I don't shit pebbles. My shit doesn't float. It comes out like it's a... Like it's a fucking kielbasa. Like a happy birthday. And evidently, that's the best type of shit that you can take. So, yeah, I'm happy. I'm really happy with that. Whatever you 
boss again. But yeah, I ruin the John. I ruin the John nearly every day. Uh, what else? One of the people I've picked on most over the years, yeah, over the years, over the last year, has been Burger King. I haven't eaten Burger King in forever. Nor have I. I, I have not had fast food in, I want to say, at least seven or eight years. I'm going at like 20 for Burger King. I thought you said you go to fucking Hardee's all the time. Hardee's is different than... I'm, I'm, I'm talking no, no, Burger no, no, King. No, 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 no. Hardee's is fast food. I'm I, talking all fast food. Oh, all right. Well, I'm talking just Burger King. Yeah. I don't... I don't... I don't... Seriously, if I like, if I were to have, like, I would love a Whopper right now. Whopper, remember when they were ninety-nine cents in the nineties, dude? Yeah. We used to be able to toss back two of those fuckers with a large fry and like a strawberry milkshake. Used to roll them in a ball and just pop them like, like a little. Dude, I got one even better for you. (laughs) Do you remember uh, John Cimino? John Cimino was the singer of Grimlock, my hardcore band. I have one of our records back here, right here. Um, as a matter of fact, if you go to my Instagram page, you will see a, uh, I just uploaded a picture, um, that was taken in, um, I believe the showcase theater in, uh, Anaheim, California in 03 on our tour. Nice. Awesome picture. I'll pull it up for you after the podcast, but it's on my Instagram account. If you want to go check that out. I also posted a picture yesterday that I found in my shoebox. I told you of a girlfriend that I had when I was 15. Really? That's cool. Did I not send that to you? No, you didn't. No. Okay. I guess I sent it to everybody else but him. But anyways, if you want to check that out, I'm John, J-O-N, Arez, A-R-E-Z, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Uh, get me back on my fucking point. Uh, social media, blah, blah, blah. Burger King. Burger King. Yes. Burger King. I don't eat Burger King or any of that shit. But anyways... Uh, I do watch a lot of TV. I know that you don't watch a lot of TV, but, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard some of these Burger King commercials on the radio. Burger King comes up with the stupidest commercials out of any fast food place imaginable. And, I mean, going through the last year of my podcast, I have shit on them so many times. And here's a couple reasons why, okay? The first thing is, in the most recent... And it's not just Burger King. It's anybody out there advertising contactless delivery. Okay? So Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, whatever, they say we have contactless delivery. Mm -hmm. Now, what they mean by that is they don't come to your house. So, okay, before COVID, if you went to a drive-thru and ordered a couple burgers and a fucking fry... They hand you the bag through the drive-thru window, and then you take the bag from them. Mm -hmm. That was before COVID. Their contactless delivery is they touch the bag, place it onto a tray, then they stick the tray out the window, and then you pick the bag up off the tray. (laughs) You're still touching the same fucking bag that they did. It's no different than them handing you the bag before COVID. But that's what they call contactless delivery. And people good. are like, oh, shit, I'm not going to get COVID now because they have contactless delivery. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's no different. The only difference is rather than you taking the bag from them, you're picking it up off the fucking tray. But they've already touched the bag. And if they had COVID and they touched the bag, even if you pick it up off the tray, now you wipe your face or your fucking eyes or whatever, you got it. So this whole contactless delivery, it's not contactless. Like, like, like here's a flashlight, right? I'm touching it, right? Yeah. 
Now the old way would be to just hand you the flashlight and Josh would take it. So what if I touch this flashlight, Josh, and I put it down on the table and then you go pick it up? Is that any less safe or more safe? No. No. <laughs> but this is what everybody's advertising as contact delivery. And people go, oh, great. Contactless delivery. Duh. I guess I could take my mask off. <laughs> All right, it's just ridiculous, dude, okay? <laughs> Here's the next fucking thing. That was the latest commercial. The first commercial I started making fun of was when they came out with the Plant Whopper. Oh yeah, that was horrible. Now. They still sell that? I don't know, dude, but their fucking commercials would take like regular people, not actors, just somebody regular off the street that really wanted a meat whopper and they would secretly swap it out for the fucking plant whopper. And then of course the guy bites it and it was like, mm, I can't tell the fuck. It's like horse shit. Don't tell me that you can't taste the difference between a cardboard fucking, you know, and meat. But they got all these people that think they bought a Whopper, but they tricked them, and they're like, yeah, I don't care, it's great. And it's like, bullshit, dude, right? There's no fucking way. And then they upped their game one level. They said, okay, if we can't get people to believe us that our plant Whopper's that great, we're gonna go to the experts about beef. So then they go down to Texas, and they get the whitest cowboys you can find, where all they eat is fucking beef, right? So now you got all these cowboys, Yeehaw. All dressed up in their fucking belts and their F fucking 1050 trucks, fucking, you know. Stetson hat. I I'm telling you, dude, right? The most cowboyed out fucking white guys you've ever seen that are just all into that steers and meat and shit. Yeah. And they're biting into these fucking plant whoppers like, oh, I can't tell the difference. This tastes like grade A beef. And it's like, don't start, dude. Don't <laughs> give me that shit. And then it gets worse. <laughs> Burger King tries to say that these people, these next people in this next commercial weren't in on it, but it's bullshit. Let's say, Josh, that you are a multimillionaire, like $100 million, and you're living in Los Angeles. You're living in Los Angeles, you have $100 million, and every single night you're eating out at like a five-star high-end restaurant. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but you can do it. You got the money. People in LA do it all the time. So let's say there is a high-end burger joint, like a five-star burger joint restaurant in LA. Okay. There is, I believe, like Gordon Ramsay I'm Burger. Sure Gordon Ramsay evidently has one of the tastiest fucking burgers literally on the planet. So these people are spending like 50 bucks a burger and they go into a fine dining restaurant and they order Gordon Ramsay burgers thinking that they're getting 50 fucking dollar burgers. But what does Burger King do? Burger King swaps, uh, stops by, like they just went to the drive-through, and then they replace the Gordon Ramsay burger with a fucking Whopper. The plant one or a regular Whopper? Just a regular Whopper right. at a fine dining restaurant, <laughs> and then they take it to the table, and nobody notices. <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh, this is a great fucking Gordon Ramsay burger. Uh -huh. And then, of course, the Burger King guy comes out and says, hey, guess what? That's not a $50 Gordon Ramsay burger. That's a 99-cent Whopper. And it was like, oh, I couldn't fucking tell. <laughs> uh, really, dude? Really? Uh, now, here's, here's, he, this, is the, this is the way the commercial really should have went, okay? A, 
There is nobody on earth, even you and I, with a less sophisticated palate that doesn't dine out at five-star restaurants every night. Do you think you could tell the difference between a good, even homemade burger and a Whopper? Absolutely. So do you think these people can't tell the difference between a Gordon Ramsay, like, $75 burger and a fucking Whopper? Of course they can, but they're all like, oh, we can't tell. <laughs> but not only that, if these people really weren't in on it and they just swapped it out, how pissed would you be? Yeah. I'd be like, yo, wait a minute. Nope. I'm here with my family trying to celebrate the fucking one year anniversary of our fucking whatever we just ordered two hundred dollars worth of burgers my mouth is watering waiting for that gordon fucking ramsey burger yeah. and you're gonna swap out my burger for a fucking whopper and that's the other thing anytime you see a whopper on tv it looks great doesn't it, looks, it? it looks beautiful it looks like they painted it yeah why like don't a, they actually like go to a fucking Burger King in Compton, go to the drive-thru and get Whoppers and then present those to the people. Last time I've been into a Whopper, man, it just went, exploded. But, uh, Crap. But man. I'm telling you, dude, it's like, how can people not see through all the different bullshit in that commercial from the contactless fucking delivery to the cowboys who are meat experts yeah. who are like, I can't tell this is meat. To the people that are like, oh, you swapped out my $100 burger with a 99-cent Whopper. Thank you. I couldn't tell. It's delicious. It's great. It's great. Thank you. How can these people... And people are like, oh, my God. I think I, I guess I'll go to Burger King. Oh, don't get me started, man. What else we got? One of my least favorite times a year, Josh isn't because of the time of year it is. It's because of the people that come into my area. Oh, it is. It, what, yesterday was the first day of fall? So what do you think I'm getting to? Because oh. Josh does not know the next topic here. Um, Who comes into the Northeast every year and what do they look at? Um, hmm. What happens in the Northeast United States or the, or the whole Northern Hemisphere when the weather gets colder? Maybe maybe leaves. There you go. <laughs> the fucking leaf peepers. Are they out already? They're not out. And they're coming. But remember, I'm going back to last year's podcast and yeah. picking out some of the highlight moments. Yeah, yeah. But I went on like a 45 minute tear. I mean, I was seeing red. Literally. Uh, on fucking leaf peepers, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll like repull that clip out and like make a compilation of the best of or whatever yeah. or the worst of whatever the fuck you want to call it but anyways these leaf peepers man they're coming. um they're i don't coming. know where they come from everywhere um but it, it boggles my mind because the roadways around here are already very trafficy. yeah a lot of construction there's so. a lot of construction there's a lot of traffic uh all around this area it's very heavily populated so you already have a lot of people and a lot of traffic and then you have literally hundreds of thousands of people that'll fly into the northeast or they'll drive up here from wherever just so they can clog up my highways going half the speed limit 
while they look out the window going, oh my God, they're the fucking yellow leaf and a red one. <laughs> look at that one. It's like half red and half orange. They are beautiful. Dude, they're dead fucking leaves hanging off a tree. I mean, what, what is the fascination? I don't, seriously. I'm, I'm sure if you live in Florida, you know, you, you don't get to see them. Dude, I'll awesome. send you a screensaver. Oh, thanks. Post uh, to anyone that lives in Florida, stay home, please. You don't need to come up to the Northeast and, and, and buy a pumpkin and look at the leaves, dude. Look at the leaves online, you know? If you've seen it once, you've seen it a billion times. The leaves turn pretty colors for a couple days, then they fall off the trees, then we gotta rake the shit up, right? It's a pain in the ass. And all these people that come into the Northeast to pick a pumpkin, what? They don't make pumpkins uh, down South? Not good ones. Oh, bullshit, dude. <laughs> Pumpkins grow fucking anywhere, okay? So don't, you know, why come up here? Because Yankee Candle is in Western Mass? You can't buy Yankee Candle in fucking California? Yeah, so what dude. the factories, uh, you know, out West uh, here? Uh, who gives a shit? They got all different candles everywhere. But, well, whatever. But the majority <laughs> of the people are coming up here and they're going half the speed limit, sitting in the left lane, completely oblivious to people behind them while they're looking out the window at the fucking leaves, dude. And it's just like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, I don't know. If you want to look at the leaves, go, go. There's so many mountains around here you can drive up. That's what they're here for. And you can sit on the mountain and look down in the valleys at all the pretty leaves and take all the pictures you want, but don't sit in the left lane doing 30, you know? He is right, folks. Oh my God. Fucking leave peepas. At least get in the right lane. Leave it alone. All right, I have a question for you, Josh. What's that? I'm gonna see if you can get this answer. Which famous entertainer was notorious for wearing masks and gloves way before COVID hit? Masks and gloves. There was a very famous entertainer who is no longer with us. He's beloved by many people, including me, even uh, though he uh, had a lot of uh, issues with children uh, and uh, uh, the media. Did he wear one glove or two? Uh, I believe sometimes he wore one, sometimes he wore two, but he had a mask on pretty much everywhere he went and gloves. That would be the, the mighty Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> I think Michael Jackson, I think he was a prophet. This guy was fucking rocking masks and gloves fucking 35 years before coronavirus hit, man. I really do. All right, Josh, before we go here, I got to give one last little, uh, little rant here that pissed me off. There's a lot of things that pissed me off. No, no, no. You know, I can't say that. I can't say that. About Michael Jackson? No, no, no. Oh. Not about Michael Jackson, oh, right. but just about the 2020 America that we're living in. Oh, you and I talked last week about how we've both turned the news off because it's just yeah. heartbreaking. I had to. And it's overwhelming. And if you do it, you'll literally make yourself sick. So there's so many people tuning out of the news mm -hmm. to get away from all of this election bullshit that's going on and all the consternation and the protest and the fighting. It's awful. So what do people do when they tune out the news? They might tune into, uh, you know, we got baseball on, mm -hmm. we got football, there's hockey playoffs, uh, basketball playoffs, yep. fucking every sport right now, golf, everything's back. Netflix. But even when you turn on sports, mm -hmm. you have to deal 
with politics yeah. in sports. Yeah. Not only that, the Emmys were on the other night. I don't know if you saw or heard about the Emmys. I haven't watched the Emmys. And, it, or was, the and... it was the lowest rated and lowest viewership oh, in the history of the Emmys. And the majority of people who were watching it turned it off because it turned into, not an award show, but it turned into Trump bashing. Political ad. And 99% uh, of it was just talking about Black Lives Matters. Yeah. Do Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. Josh and I have black friends. We support our black brothers. Okay. Absolutely. However, um, it's just so polarizing and it's so everywhere that uh, when we turn on sports award shows, man, people are tired of it. And that's why people are tuning out. I don't even want to watch sports anymore. I used to watch the Grammys or the MTV Music Awards. That mm -hmm. shit used to be fun. But now it's just all politics. So if anyone out there is a producer, stop virtue signaling yeah. and fucking get back to programming. <laughs> you know? Play baseball. We don't need to... I don't know, dude. Do they, do they still have the MTV Awards? You know what? I don't even know. I think they do. <laughs> I really... Actually, you know what? I used to be so into the MTV Video Music yeah, Awards that up. I know it's always like the first week of September. Because I can remember being in high school, me and my high school girlfriend, like, you know, I think like the very first day at school, mm -hmm. they, like, like they were on that night. So I actually want to say that uh, the first week of September, I did flip through the channels, and I think the MTV Video Awards were on. But they don't do it in an arena. It's like a thousand-person Zoom call where everyone oh, is... Really? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, dude. stupid now. I'm telling you. So not only are the award shows going through Zoom and all that <laughs> shit, but it's like all politics, all Trump bashing. I love bashing Trump, too, but everybody is just tired of it. Yeah. I'm fucking tired of it all. And you could bash the other guy in the in the arena too. It's not, dude, I'll I'll bash anybody. I am a registered independent. I voted for Barack Obama twice. Not because I'm liberal, not because I'm democratic, not because I'm Republican, because I thought he was the best guy for the job. I will always vote for the best person for the job. Not based on their race, not based on their gender, not based on whether they're left or right. Who's ever the best person for the job? That's how it's always been. My friends are the best people for the job. My family are the best people of the job. The people I hire, I hire whoever the best are. I don't give a helping hand to anybody just because they have a vagina or a penis or their skin's lighter or darker than mine. None of that shit matters. None of it does. Everybody in this country is free and created equal. We all have the same standards. It's about time we all started living up to it. Anyways, that wasn't my point. The point is, I have been watching the NFL because uh, I'm a big sports fan, as you can see fucking behind me. I got all sorts of fucking shit behind me. Hats, jerseys, fucking Happy Halloween, Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, Orioles, Dodgers, uh, all that shit. So anyways, do you know, this weekend, the NFL fined three different head coaches really? $100,000. For what? Just listen. All right. 
Now, I know coaches make a million, two million, five million, whatever. Mm -hmm. Each coach was fined 100,000 that comes out of their own pocket, and then the team was fined an additional $250,000. Why? Because all the coaches on the sidelines are supposed to have masks on. I believe the coaches off the top of my head were, were Pete Carroll, really? who's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and there was one other. They had masks on, but they kept pulling them down. And evidently, according to the NFL, everybody on the sideline except for the players have to have masks on, mm -hmm. but they are allowed to pull them down when they go to talk into their headset to call a play, then they got to pull it back up. But a lot of the coaches, like Pete Carroll, evidently, and Kyle Shanahan, they were pulling their mask down and then leaving it down for 10 minutes, and then they'd pull it back up again. Yeah. Because of that, all three of those guys were just hit with $100,000 fines. Yeah. I don't know. If that's the rules, that's the rules. I mean, look at my face, dude. It's BS. I mean, holy shit. Um... I, I truly feel like maybe on next week's podcast, even though I'm not a doctor, my mother was a nurse. I watched House MD for nine straight years. Oh, shows. Um, I really, truly know how masks work. And I believe the majority of people out there, including Bill Burr, because I was just watching his podcast today, and him and Burt Kreischer were arguing about masks. <laughs> Bill went to do a show in L.A. the other night on the coast he wouldn't say where it was and he got to the green room every comic in the green room had a mask on but then he looked out in the audience there was like 10,000 people there nobody had a mask on oh. and then the manager of the show walked into the green room to offer the comics food she didn't have a mask on and she was like this far from Burr's face and Burr is really like COVID sensitive yeah. he just got tested he flew into Connecticut today with his family because he's doing a show as we speak, like 30 miles south of here. Right now, Burr is 30 miles south of here doing a show in western Connecticut. Uh, so he flew into town today or last night. But anyways, he went to do this spot the other night. Mm -hmm. And once he saw that the host didn't have a mask on and that nobody in the crowd did, he took off. And it's like, dude, I wish I had Burr's number to call him up and be like, listen, dude, if you are asymptomatic and the person that you're talking to is asymptomatic and you guys are at least six feet apart, you're not going to get it. I don't have any symptoms and neither does Josh. Correct? Even if, we, yeah. even if you and I had COVID right now, you would have to sneeze or cough like right at me. Yeah. And if those particles happen to get in my face or in my eyes, I could catch it. Mm -hmm. You don't have a cough. No, you I, don't have a sneeze. I don't have a cough. I don't have a sneeze. I don't have a fever. So the only way for you and I to catch COVID is if we were to literally swap spit or you were to like uh, cough in your hand and then you touch the table, then I touch a table and go stick it in my mouth. Yeah. That's what people don't under get, uh, understand. You got to look at as a mask as being underwear. When you fart, does the smell still come through the underwear? Sometimes. <laughs> yes, it does. However, if you shart... The shart, huh? 
it stays in the underwear, the fecal matter, but the smell comes out, correct? It's no different people with a mask. If you cough or you sneeze, it goes into your mask as opposed to out into the atmosphere for other people to breathe in. But if those other people have masks on, they're not gonna breathe it in. So my point is, as crazy about COVID as I am, Josh does not have a mask on, but he's six feet from me. So it's just, I, I, people just, people don't get it. I see people that will ride down this middle of my street in the middle of the day. I live on a very non-busy street, yeah. right? And uh, they'll have a mask on and there's nobody around. That's overkill and it's hard to breathe. So that's why I usually wear one around my neck. And if I'm in public or in a store, I'll pull it up and then I'll pull it back down. Mm -hmm. But it's just the level to which people go nuts. Like as long as Bill had a mask on, which he did, all the comics in the green room had a mask on. Mm -hmm. When he stepped out on stage, I'm sure there was gonna be a bigger than a six feet distance between himself and the crowd. Yeah. He still could have done his spot and gotten paid for it. Yeah. Why he freaked out and went home, it's like, I wanna call him and be like, Bill, you don't have to be this nuts, dude. Just, you gotta use your brain a little bit more, man. And it, it's yeah. like too many, so you got some people that are like, fuck masks, I love Trump, I ain't wearing one. Mm -hmm. And then you got other people that are still too afraid to leave their house. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't be one way or the other. It's like being extreme left or extreme right doesn't help anybody. Right. You just got to be smart about it. And that's why we were talking about this last week. I love the fact, well, one of the reasons I like living in this democratic state is because of the way we've handled COVID. We've handled COVID in Connecticut and in Massachusetts better than most states have. Mm -hmm. And it's not because we're crazy. It's just because we fucking wear masks. Yeah. And the numbers speak for themselves. But we, that's just it. You wear a mask when it calls for it. You can pull it down when it don't. And right now, it doesn't call for a mask between me and Josh. Yeah. But if I go over to him right now to adjust his mic or his camera or whatever, I'll put mine on. It's that fucking simple, people. There's no reason to fucking worry about it. Yeah, I, think pe I think people are just at their limit, man. They, they're snapping at everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I even put in my note here that I didn't read to give people a real common sense explanation to how masks work so a three-year-old could understand. I think I did that. I think the underwear thing is perfect. I said that before my podcast. I can't take credit for it. I got to give credit to where credit is due. I'm sure you don't want your name mentioned on the podcast, so I'll just say your first name. Keith. My buddy Keith actually came up with that analogy. Good job, Keith about masks and underwear pretty much doing the same thing. If you have a wet fart, that mask is gonna keep the fecal matter in, but the smell's gonna come out. No different when you're wearing a mask, people, okay? <laughs> um, you know what, Josh? I got one last thing to talk one. about, unless you got something to talk about, because we're already about an hour and 10 minutes into this, and yeah. uh, considering it's the one year anniversary, it's okay that we're running a little bit longer. Sure. But um, the last, or did, did I want to talk about any of these? I don't know. I don't know you what know, you got going on. I will. I'll talk about one last thing here. Go for it. Okay. Do you know what the, fu the Fujita scale is? The what? Fujita scale. No. The Fujita scale is a scale that scientists and meteorologists use to um, categorize how strong a tornado is. All right. 
So you've probably heard of an F1 tornado yeah. and F5. Yeah, yeah. That F stands for Fujita. Uh -huh. And then the scale goes from 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I thought I meant something different. So an F5 tornado would be like a 2-mile-wide, 300-mile-an-hour tornado. Gotcha. Or an F0 would be like a really small, weak one. It's called the Fujita scale. In high school, I came up with the Beer-Jita scale. Okay. Beer-Jita. Not the Fujita scale for tornadoes, but the Beer-Jita scale for how many beers it would take you to sleep with a particular woman. Okay. <laughs> and we still use it to this day. Do it. We'll be out at a bar and I'll say to my buddy, hey, what's her Brigitte scale? I'd be like, ah, uh, uh, three, three beers, you know? Oh, all right. I get you see you what I'm saying? I got you. It's how many beers you would require to get down and dirty with whatever particular man or woman we pick out, you know? Sometimes it's like, uh, you know, the woman could be so gorgeous, you could be like, I would give a keg. You know, it's like the reverse, right? Okay. I would give a keg of beer to be with her. Or sometimes it'd be like, yo, I would need a beer ball to sleep with that. You know what I'm saying? So it's the beer Jita scale. Oh. It's how many drinks it would take you if I were to point out a girl. So you and me are at a bar right now, and I say, hey, Josh, you see that uh, blonde little number over there? And you're like, yeah. You'd be like, eh, it might take me six or seven. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Evidently, my Birgitta scale isn't that funny. Way to go, Josh. Sorry. You're making me feel like I'm on stage again. <laughs> Bombing. <laughs> All right. You got anything? I got nothing. Just uh, want to congratulate you on your one year again. Thank you. Thank you. It is uh, a good achievement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think so, too. I'm pretty proud of myself. When you listen to the first podcast... Yeah, you definitely come a long way. It's long. The audio quality is horrible. And um, there was no video. Yeah. And you fast forward to a year from now, the audio quality is much better when I don't screw it up like last week. <laughs> and I apologize for this. I can't believe more people didn't write in, but you're right. Um, like the like episode 50 the first six and a half minutes the yeah. audio is perfect and then um, I forgot to do something in uh, my editor which did not disconnect the camera's audios because the audio is only supposed to be going through our microphones not the camera's audio so I disconnected it for the first six minutes and 30 seconds and then you can hear a little bit of echo because it's picking up the camera audio too but you're right once it does switch over, it's noticeable. Yeah. But when you keep listening to it, you can't even tell anymore. Yeah. It's completely listenable. That won't happen again. But uh, just the fact that I added video, and now I've added a co-host and a second camera, um, we're making progress here. And our streaming numbers and our subscriptions and everything are going through the roof. So honest to God, I, I, I can't thank you people enough. I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for people watching and listening so from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you Thanks. and uh we All will see you. you guys uh next week for episode 52 where we lose the party hats because it's Yikes. no longer my birthday we'll have to wait until next you need some hair man we'll have to wait till next Is it, September 26th. Today's September... We're recording this September 23rd, the 26th of the actual one-year anniversary. 
But uh, yeah, that's been about it. I hope you guys have had a great time uh, listening to our horse shit. And uh, take care of yourself. Remember to have your pet spayed or neutered. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.